Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Poland-Clark. With me is my co-host, Carrie Gail O'Regan. Hello. And we are finishing camp summer. Wait, you say this part better than me. What do you call it? Wistful thinking goes to camp. Um, That's one way to phrase it, sure. Right. Or camp wistful. Mm, yeah, that's... I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're finishing off camp wistful thinking with uh, What Had American Summer? Uh, the ultimate in summer camp movies. The, uh, the 2001 movie written and directed by David Wayne, also written by Michael Showalter, um, and just filled with members of the state and other hilarious people who are very famous now and were only a little bit famous then. <laughs> or not at all famous. Bradley Cooper's That's first true. film role. Yeah. Um... Kara, when's the last time you saw this before now? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> oh, so like I, you haven't I truly watched don't this know. recently. Um, but I feel I don't know. I must have. I must have watched it after uh Netflix added the miniseries, like the prequel. Yeah, that's the last I time think. I watched it also. Yeah, that must have been the most recent time. So I think that was what, 2015? Yeah, a couple, few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which I also watched in the run up to watching the movie. And it's, I mean, it's not as good, but it's like uh, all of these people that I love and they're clearly all having so much fun. And like they, I mean, talk about a camp trope spreadsheet. Their spreadsheet must have been very extensive because they hit like all of them. Well, here's how I know ours were correct, because this movie checks off almost every single box. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, good job, us. Yeah. We got it. We did it. Well, the opening credit sequence to the uh, prequel miniseries, I'm, I'm pretty sure, does like check every single box. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, like, just the opening credit sequence alone is like, holy shit. Um, we'll get into the, we'll get into the spreadsheet for real later. Um mm-hmm initial thoughts about this movie what a joy what a what a you know a a cultural treasure a delight i i love it it's so funny i laughed out loud so many times every time i watch it i'm like surprised by how hot everyone is it's true yes and every time i'm like i don't know if i realized they were hot before uh the last time was uh well what's his name more details. I can help if you give more details. Oh, David Hyde Pierce. The last time I watched this, I was like, I am confusingly attracted to David Not, Hyde Pierce right now, and I yes. don't understand what's happening. Not only is he attractive, time, but he is hilariously funny. He's so funny. Yeah, I love him. He's great. He should be in more things. Um, but this time, I was like, Michael Showalter in 2001 Women's Jeans? Okay. Yeah. Was surprisingly. Uh, hot to me. My my revelation this time was Ken Marino in short shorts. His legs (laughs) are beautiful. Yeah, I mean he's he's always had a great body. Uh, That camp hair though. Oh, the wigs. (laughs) So many wigs. 
so many wigs and like also just really not like when um when katie does um janine garofalo's hair and it's all pushed to the side so far that it won't stay there I mean, I actually wear my hair like this all the time. I wear my hair almost like that, but this is so exaggerated. Like, I just don't remember even yeah. noticing that ever before. Because <laughs> normally she has those two little front braids. Yeah. Um, She's so good in this. Everyone is so good in this. So everyone is so good at this. Is it even worth trying to name all the people who are in this? Um, I don't know. Maybe. There's so many. It's a lot of people. <laughs> it's so many people. Okay, well, okay, let's start here. Some of them we've seen before in other Wistful movies. Um, mm-hmm. So Marguerite Moreau. Mar- oh, it's hard to say. What's her name? Mar- Marguerite Moreau. Mar- is that her name? Marguerite Moreau. Um, yeah. Seen in The Mighty Ducks. She was the girl character in The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> um, before the figure skater character came on. Um... Who, Paul Rudd we've seen before in Clueless obviously um, I think that's it is that it uh, that can't possibly be true I feel like Ken Marino has if not shown up in things that we've watched we talk about him I feel like all the time yeah that's probably true uh, but um, there's no reason why he because I mean he's wasn't I mean none of these people were really around until like the mid 90s and we mostly watched stuff from 96 and before yeah it's fun to Uh, think that like this was christopher maloney um like (laughs) he was already on svu when he made this yeah um well i i think like what do you think people remember the most from this because this is like okay so this movie nobody liked it when it came out like terrible reviews couldn't even get a distributor it was only like i feel like once our generation got got around to it that it got this like cult following like you know big enough that it was able to make two other pieces of media based on it yeah um i mean there's a lot here uh it's hard to say what people might remember from this because there's so many different weird pieces to it. Okay, what do you remember? Um, when someone's like, what Hot American Center, you're like, oh, yeah, this part. I think I mostly remember the short shorts. Like, I think about what everyone's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about, um, like, specifically... Um, Sorry, I'm having a problem with names today. Michael Ian Black. He's wearing yeah. those like red shorts with the white lining. His and, outfit like, is perfect. A white uh, t- Clifton t-shirt, Clifton, New Jersey, <laughs> that has like red and then like uh, a red. It's like, like a, it's a ringer tee. tee. Yeah. Um, and I was like, whoa, is this, was this why American Apparel happened like in the mid 2000s? <laughs> no, it's just, like this... I, I mean, they were, I mean, he's ripping off exactly what American Apparel was ripping off. Right. Yeah. Coming from the same, the same place. But um, yeah, no, so I think about the short shorts. I think about, um, you know, I just think like, I think more than anything, I probably think about the talent show or like yeah. the, the preparations for the talent show and Amy Poehler. Cause she just is 
not in this enough, but she really is such a scene stealer when she is. She shines. Um, I mean, that like part of why this is so good, I think, is that everybody shines when the spotlight is on them. Yeah. And it's a huge yeah. ensemble. And, like, honestly, the movie is too long and does have too many plot points. <laughs> but, like, they, everybody... It's a real adventure. Everybody though. runs with what they're doing, like, so hard and with such enthusiasm for the silliness of it that it's, like... Yeah. Like, there are parts where um, I am, like, ooh, should I feel bad that they're, like, making fun of this like like the gay sex scene for example Mm -hmm. i'm like ooh, they're like are they making fun of gay sex um but it's like they're making fun of all sex all the sex in this is silly yeah like so silly (laughs) everything they're making fun of everyone all the time (laughs) yeah that's one of the things that i do remember about this which is um uh, Bradley Cooper and Michael Ian Black's relationship, which is so beautiful, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and like the like the guys are don't realize that Michael Ian Black, like his friends, don't realize that he's gay, and they're like plotting to get him laid. And what they don't realize is that he is getting laid. And then they like happen upon that, and they do say the word fag a few times. But other than that. Like, it's, everyone's, like, really cool with it, and they, like, buy them a chase lounge. Well, they set they it up for us to, like... It's beautiful and wonderful. They set it up what? for us to think that they're not okay mm-hmm. with it, which you do think for, like, 30 minutes, and then, you know, they get them mm-hmm. this wedding gift that's yeah. very sweet and celebratory. Yeah. And they, so the in the miniseries, which like I said is a prequel, it's the first day of camp. So the movie is takes place over the course of the last day of camp. And the miniseries, which is several episodes long, is the whole first day of camp. And um, uh, Bradley Cooper is in a relationship with Amy Poehler. And uh, Amy Polar, and you see this in the uh, the opening credit sequence of this movie. She's like keeps trying to make out with him, and he's like not that into it. Um, but they like you see their relationship kind of blossom over the miniseries, which is like really sweet and wonderful. And they do this um, uh, like counselor talent show the first day of camp where they do this tag team act where they're both wearing this giant zoot suit they're in the zoot suit together and they have to do it's hilarious and so good and uh yeah i so i think of that and i think that it's like actually like a really nice especially for that time period a nice portrayal of um a gay couple that you wouldn't have seen in movies at that time yeah, you know? like in the real camp movies, you wouldn't have seen. Right, because there, so often there is so much overt homophobia in camp movies. It feels very deliberate that they kind of took it and turned it on its head. Especially in the miniseries, which is more modern, and I think uh, has more of a like modern lens on that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was like 15 years later, right? Mm-hmm. Um... I think so. What, you said that everyone hated this when it came out, but it came out like right before nine eleven, didn't it? <laughs> like that summer before uh, in two thousand one. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it came out in two thousand one, yeah, yeah. So it, it makes sense that it wasn't like a 
What does 9-11 have to do with people not liking this movie? No, I just think that, like, you know, not necessarily people going to see the movie in theaters, but, like, then once it's, like, available on video and stuff like that, like, it took a lot longer for this to become a cult classic than I think it otherwise would have, if not for that, like, huge cultural, like... I don't know. Okay, so I was trying to think of um, other. I think, but nobody liked it when it came out. <laughs> like, I or, mean, that's also I, possible because it's really fucking weird. It's, and like, and I think enough. This kind of humor is is like native to us now, but like at that time was well, right? And so very well, so bizarre. Like, this is made up of a lot of members of the state who were incredible. Have you watched the state? Have we talked about this before? Yes, um, I love it. It's so funny and it's so weird and just their story is really great too. It's like it was just a bunch of kids at NYU who started a sketch comedy troupe that got picked up by MTV and MTV was like, here's all the money and the resources, make your show. And it didn't last super long, um, but every one of them has gone on to be really successful. Um, Yeah. So, but, but it's like, even their sketch show didn't, wasn't, I imagine it wasn't, it was like a little bit before my time. I didn't see it till I was in college, but I would imagine it wasn't like a critically acclaimed sketch show because it was canceled so fast. Like it just wasn't on for that long. Um, yeah. And I, I it's think like, it's, it's like not exactly for a super wide audience. Like it's a very specific kind of humor. Well, and like, that... but what this, like, so... I was trying to, like, while I was watching it, think, like, okay, what else is like this that was really successful? Like, this type of humor. And, like, it really is just, like, sketch comedy humor. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. it's really silly, and the characters are really elevated. Even though they're supposed to be people, they're not, like, character characters, but they're, you know, they're so silly. They're not real people. Um, Yeah, but the thing about this movie is that, like, I think the reason why it works so well is because, like, all of these characters and all of these scenarios feel so grounded in reality. Like, even for as absurd as they are, and oh, that's because they are. The The David David Wayne went to summer camp, and that's yeah, like what he wrote this about. (laughs) Like, right? You know. But so I was trying to compare it to other stuff when I was thinking of like SNL characters that had movie spinoffs and whatever. And the thing that I think that this is most like that was successful is something like Anchorman, like just Hmm. so silly and over the top. But people were like really on board with that type of nonsense humor. Um, Mm -hmm. But I can't remember what year Anchorman was, but it was definitely after this. So it's like Mm -hmm. in some ways, this type of humor, it's like, they were too early. Yeah. Another Paul Rudd joint. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Um, but they also, like, they have tried to repeat this, like, kind of since then to varying degrees. Like, besides just the other What Hot American Summer stuff, like, they made... Um, David Wayne and Michael Showalter, I feel like, made a bunch of movies together. I know they mm-hmm. made... Um, they came together... Which like just wasn't that Which great. Is lovely. It's fine, but like oh, it's I liked not, it. But it's not this. Like I don't remember anything that happened no, of course in it. Not. You know, like it's but not. It's like yeah, they it's were not never able together. I feel like to recreate 
the magic. Well, this feels like lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, the, these like very specific circumstances, the cast, the setting. You know, like all of it comes together at a very specific time and on a very specific budget. You know, because like the more success that you have, like budgets and stuff start to change and you don't quite have the freedom that you used to. Um, And you have to kind of play the game and like make a mediocre rom-com if that's, you know, what is going to make you money. I mean, I kind of disagree, but also agree that like the indiness of this is part of what makes it good and probably is part of how it got to be as funny as it is. Yeah. Um, For sure. This movie, uh, Joey and I have coined a term from this movie that we've used when talking to each other for like a solid 10 years, which I feel like we've introduced you to um, when you say you're Paul running it. (laughs) Have I not (laughs) explained that to you? I think you definitely have, and I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, if anyone's seen this movie, when I say that, they know what I mean. Um, So there's a scene that, I mean, that's my favorite scene in the movie. There's a scene where Paul, so Paul Rudd plays this, like, hot shot, like, kind of slutty dude who's, like, really dumb and really emotionally unintelligent, and he kills so many kids. I never, this is, so I watched the movie this afternoon again, and I never caught the part before where he's throwing kids out of the van because they witness him drowning other kids. Never noticed that before today. Um, But so. He, he's just like a real idiot. Um, and uh, there's a scene where he's eating alone in um the cafeteria, and when he's done with his food, he just like throws his plate and his silver, literally like just like swats them aggressively off the table. And Janine Garofalo, who's the camp director, walks in as he does that, and she's like, "Andy, are you gonna clean that up?" And he's like, "I will. Ugh, I don't have time right now." And she stands there, you know, like a mom watching a two-year-old clean up. And it takes him, like, an entire minute to pick up a plate and a fork. And he's just, like, dragging the whole time. <gasps> just going, like, ugh. <laughs> so, like, taking a break after each movement. You know, when you're having a rough day. just standing there indignantly, like, are you seriously going to make me keep doing this? Yeah, when you're having a rough day, you're Paul Rudnit. Yo, I've been Paul Rudnit for... At least a week. I haven't had DePaul run it in a while. I'm doing okay. It's pretty good. That's good. Um, yeah, I think like that. Like the things that he says stand out the most to me because that scene and the part where he's like, "You taste like a burger. I don't like you anymore." <laughs> he just everything that comes out of his mouth is funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely one of the things that I remember from this. Like. But weirdly, there's so much that every time I watch this, I'm like, I cannot believe I forget this every time I watch this. I think... <laughs> like, um, what, I wrote down something in particular. Oh, the <laughs> the drug montage when they go into town. Oh my god. <laughs> every time I forget, and every time it makes me laugh so hard. My, I, was, Cause I've, I was watching it I've in... been to Waterville. Oh, really? <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's like up... Basically, uh, like the lake that this real that this uh, summer camp is supposed to be on, not where they shot it, but where David Wayne like went to summer camp is like on the cluster of lakes where Vince family has a cabin. 
It's like right there. Um, I was watching this movie in my living room, and my roommate, who has not seen this before, was like kind of in and out, just like, you know, coming in, laughing, leaving, going back to the kitchen, whatever. And she came in during that scene, and she was like, huh, this really doesn't make sense if you like come and go, huh? And I was like, no, 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 it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I love that they get back to camp, and they're all fine, and then somebody is like, Oh man, it's so it's so great to get away from camp, even if it's just for an hour. Yeah. Like they've just they've only been gone for an hour, but they uh, managed to live through an entire life cycle of addiction <laughs> while, while doing so. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, and when Paul Rudd says he's writing in his gurnal. <laughs> Why did I miss that? Why did oh my god, that? stop! Okay, so the part where um Elizabeth Banks is like really first flirting with him, he's like he's on lifeguard uh-huh. duty and he just let the kid take the boat out. Okay. You remember that part? Yeah. So like he's just sitting there alone on the dock and she comes over and she's like, What are you doing? And he's like, I'm writing in my journal. And she's yeah, like, they didn't even notice. And he's she's like, Don't you mean journal? And he's like, Whatever. It's it's so fun how committed everyone is to their own dumbness. Like she's the same way when yeah. she has barbecue sauce all over her face, and he's like, uh, and he's like, that's kind of gross. And she's just like, whatever. Like, <laughs> she's actually not in this one as much because she's like supposed to just kind of be there as the hot girl. But in the prequel, her whole backstory is that she's there as, like, a gonzo music journalist. Oh, yeah. Who is, like, doing this story on this guy that uh, was, like, a counselor there a few years ago, and he had this band that was, like, amazing, and then he disappeared into the woods. And it's, uh, like, a whole a whole thing. But she has, like, a really interesting backstory. And it was funny. It's funny to watch this like with that in mind um, cuz it definitely adds a lot to her character. Also very underused I think is Joe Latrulio. Always. What what a gem. I'm glad I mean gem. I'm glad he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and is like a mm-hmm. like prominent character on that show because he is so funny. He is. Um Something that I noticed this time when I was watching it is that they leave in so many shots of his stunt double. Oh, like really? When he, yeah, when he pulls up to camp on the motorcycle, it's his stunt double. Like, that shot is his stunt double who gets off the motorcycle, <laughs> and then it, it, like, cuts to someone else and then cuts back to him. Um and I, like, noticed a lot of those where they just, like, straight up left it in. And it's, like, clearly a different person. Like, his hair is a different length. <laughs> like, very clearly not Joe Latrulio. It's very funny. That's funny. They, um, they also give... Oh, he's, he's in the, he's in the prequel a lot more, too. Um, and his high school girlfriend comes. And we actually get to meet her. And she's real. She's a real person. Um, they give the kids some really great lines in this movie um i feel like that's like a little bit something that we've been missing maybe in the other movies Mm -hmm. is like exchange between the adults and the kids like it's either a movie about the adults or it's a movie about the this is largely a movie about the adults but they definitely like function with and around the kids way more Mm -hmm. than in any of the other movies which 
is like adds a really incredible layer to it because the kids are funny. Yeah. Like when they're all they on are. the raft and um, Ken Marino's character has like gone off to try to sleep with the girl and Jolo Trulo is like, fine, I'll bring him back dead or alive. And there's a kid who's like, no, alive. We want him alive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the part where, like, the kids call um, call out the baseball trope is very funny. Yeah. Um, and the kid, the Molly Shannon kid. Yeah. Problematic. Problematic, but hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the, um, the radio host kid. The radio host kid who's voiced by Sam Levine, but isn't Sam Levine. Oh. <gasps> I was trying to figure out where that whose voice that it's was. It's Sam Levine. He's a pretty prominent character in the first movie too, and the voice is the same. And I was like, he, "What? What's happening? Why?" Yeah, I mean, Sam Levine was different. 19 years old when this movie came yeah. out, but they just put his voice on a kid. Yeah, um, and I love that. I mean, and that is definitely drawing from from Meatballs, where um, what's his name, Bill Murray, had like the camp announcements kind of like mm-hmm, yeah. good morning vietnam style um, well, and so did ben stiller in heavyweights right right so uh but i love his voice like his radio show like functions kind of as voiceover for the movie that like actually does kind of help move it along in a way that i thought was like really brilliant whereas i feel like when it's used in the other movies it's like just jokes yeah when we find out in this movie that he's not even plugged in, he's just doing a radio show for himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a couple of really good monologues in this. Mm-hmm. Christopher Maloney's monologue at the end's pretty good. He it gives us the line at a time when I was trying to hide myself from myself, which is a great line. Um, <laughs> yeah, his I think maybe. At least when I was younger, his character was one that got quoted the most mm-hmm. because he's just like saying the nonsense, thing about the dick cream, the dick cream yeah. and fondling his sweaters and humping the fridge, mm-hmm. smearing mud on and his smearing ass. mud on his ass, yeah. Um, and then like that's the most surreal plot line because him and um, uh, eighty miles is that eighty miles? Uh huh. Um, both are speaking with a can of vegetables voiced by H. John Benjamin. Um, uh-huh. Which you get the whole backstory of in the prequel. Oh, I don't remember that. Um, H. John Benjamin is a human being first, and he is origi- like he was originally the camp director, and then something ha- I forget. Uh it has a, like there's this whole like other plot about like toxic waste and the government and like Ronald Reagan shows up at one point but anyway um yeah somehow he's transformed like they think he's dead but actually he's transformed into this talking can of mixed vegetables (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah and like he and Janine Garofalo I think were like together and then she gets promoted to, and that's how she she wound up camp director, um, is because they thought he was dead, but really he's a can of vegetables, but a can of vegetables can't run a camp, so. 
Um, the thing that I think maybe I love the most about this is like the physical comedy and also just like the oh, silliness so of the physicality of almost every person in this. Yeah. Um, there's a it's, lot it's of truly like, magnificent. Yeah, there's a lot of like throwing dishes for no reason. They use that like oh God, pottery breaking pottery. sound over and over again. Three times in a row. <laughs> Janine Garofalo with the garden tool in the beginning uh-huh. and like the part where Coop is trying to run away, but he steps on a bucket and then slips out of a banana peel and then falls in a pool. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Um, the haystack with Ken Marino and Jola Trulio. Um, the part where Jola Trulio and Janine Garofalo are trying to get to the phone. And they're like in a panic. And they're just throwing everything and knocking everything over for no reason. Um, I really wanted um, like uh, Paul Rudd when he was Paul Redding. It, like, it, see- it looked like he had a sausage on his plate when he threw it and he didn't quite pick up the sausage and I really really wanted him to step on it and slip like a banana <laughs> but that did not happen. No he's but- too cool to fall down. No but I want to see him fall down still. I want to see hot people fall down too. Not just doofy looking people. <laughs> They're not all doofy looking. Um, Everyone like brings brings it in the talent show finale too mm-hmm. where the weird guy comes out and does a weird thing <laughs> um the conversation that uh Ginny garofalo has with him to convince him to be in the talent show reminded me of what you said that you and your camp director talked about on the last day which one, what well because she was like i would have i would have loved it if you had gotten to the campers <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, she was like, "Why don't you?" There's, uh, there's another the part that talent show so they can get to know you better. <laughs> there's another part that kind of reminded me of that too, where they're in the boat. Jola Trulio calls a kid a name, and the kid's like, "That's not my name." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, no, that's real." Um, I love Amy Poehler. Well, first of all, her eyebrows. Um, did you happen to notice them? No, but I would assume they're very 2001. They are she like extremely regular has barely any eyebrows anyway. Yeah, um, but for the talents, of, so she is the archetypal um, musical theater producer who's like a little bit too uptight and is like, this has to be perfect, even though it's you know a talent show that was organized in one day. Yeah, and so she's producing this Godspell number with Bradley Cooper and she gets up before they go on and she says before we start I'd just like to say that the campers you're about to see suck dick but nevertheless please welcome them she (laughs) says it like so sarcastically the amount that they curse at the campers and that the campers curse at each other is also Mm -hmm. funny yeah I never saw there's like an after credit scene where they meet in 1991 for like 10 seconds I never saw that before yeah, because they have that whole conversation about, like, we should meet up 10 years from now and see the the people that we've become. And like, somebody says, like, something about what time to be there. And they say 9 or 9.30. Well, let's say 9.30 so that people can be here at 9. And somebody is like, we're going to be in our, guys, we're going to be in our late 20s by then. We can, like, grow up and be on time. He was like, I just uh, don't see why we can't be on time. <laughs> Yes. I I feel like, um, and then he goes on to be like, "Cool, because I have to be somewhere at 11. It was it was <laughs> it was Michael Ian Black's character. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like and, and maybe that was they, them referencing that they're all actually in their late 20s. Yeah, of course. I never really picked yeah. that up before. Yeah. Um, and on Netflix, I think the like sequel that they made, it's like, only a movie, right? On Netflix, yeah, I think the other so. Thing. Um, and that picks up there in the 10-year reunion. Which I did not get a chance to rewatch, but I will probably watch after we're done recording. There's a kid named Moose in this. I legit taught a kid named Moose. Who wouldn't <laughs> tell me his real name? I feel like there's got to be a Moose at every summer That's camp, probably right? probably true. Was he very tall and very large? No. Oh, interesting. Did he explain why he was called Moose? No. I forgot. I think I asked him once. I don't remember. I have an oven mitt that is a moose that I bought in Maine. It's like, like if it was a sock puppet, its mouth opens, you know, and that's yeah. how you grab things. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cute. There's a shout out to Milburn, New Jersey. There's so many New Jersey it's things. True. I was looking at people's t-shirts. Like I said, uh, Michael Ian Black was wearing a Clifton, New Jersey t- t-shirt. Uh, 80 Miles had on a Lake Hapat Kong That's where my camp was. Really? My day Lake camp Hapat was in Kong. Lake Hapat Kong. Yeah. Interesting. Um, somebody was wearing a Stony Brook shirt, which is Long Island. Uh Amy Poehler is wearing a Nags Head sweatshirt, which I think is Cape Cod. But I like there was just so many, yeah, New Jersey stuff because he says he's from Melbourne, New Jersey. State bird, the mosquito, which <laughs> made me laugh really hard, which is not true. In fact, New Jersey state bird is the goldfinch. I wrote a report on it in like fourth grade. <laughs> I wonder if it has a state bug. Let's find out. Does New Jersey have a state bug? Oh, it's the honeybee. Aw, okay. That's sweet. Yeah. I like that. If you look really closely. What? There's a Wilhelm scream in this. (gasps) Where? At some place very funny that I did not notice, but I came across it on the IMDb trivia while Beth and Henry, which is Janine Graflo and David Hyde Pierce, when they kiss, you hear a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> is it oh is, is it when a great use of that. There's um a hilarious part where they're I think they're kissing and it's during the capture the flag game and somebody runs hard behind them and falls face first to the ground. Oh <laughs> it might be that then. would make sense. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of just hearing a scream when people kiss, though. <laughs> no, I think that must be where it was. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. I, I, I didn't super pay attention to this, and I meant to, but they shot this for like a month, and it rained every single day and was cold. Mm-hmm. 23 so, out of 28 <laughs> days. Yeah, so there's a lot of, like, I think, like, like not good continuity with the weather when they're like inside if you look out the windows and then they go outside and it's sunny even though it was just raining like yeah movie magic like uh when they shot clueless it was an unseasonably or just like an unusually wet winter in los angeles and it was raining pretty much the whole time but you would never know that when you watch the movie because it's lit so well Um, Roger Ebert's <laughs> review of... Did you read Roger Ebert's review of his movie? 
No. It was, no, um, he wrote a parody of, you know, the song that's like, Hello, Mada, Hello, Fada. Mm-hmm. He wrote a parody of that song, and that is his review of this movie. Like, about this movie. <laughs> Can you sing it to me? No, I can't, but it's very oh. good. You should, uh, you should read it. Okay, I'll check that out later. He hated um, it. He gave it. Uh, oh, I'm sure he one did. out of four stars. <laughs> he trashed it, but did write a very fun review. <laughs> um, the talent show that they do at the end, um, they they hired a com- like a Borscht Belt comedian from the Catskills very old man to come to uh to like MC it and do like stand up comedy um and that very old man is played by Michael Showalter it's an incredible character and you can't even really it's tell so that good. it's him unless you know that it's him or you're like really looking yeah but he said uh, cuz he's like talking about like how long it's been since he went to camp and that he went to camp in the stone ages and blah 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 blah, blah. and he said there were two epidemics when I went to camp. Head lice and the plague. The bubonic plague. That made me laugh real hard. How did that whole head lice situation shake out? I, uh, I guess I don't have lice anymore. Mm, that's good. I hope. I don't know. I can't see my own head. Oh, no. <laughs> There's also the whole plot about the um piece of the stage space station falling from the sky oh yeah the world almost ends and then it doesn't the nerd yeah, kids save everybody about that too um they build this thing i don't know what they're doing it involves some antennae and some um 12-sided die or maybe they're 20-sided die i don't know how many sides they have a lot of sides but uh one of the antenna on the uh contraption that they built is just made out of donuts and cans of spam mm-hmm. it was the first time i noticed that and made me that's laugh like really exactly hard. where i check out of the movie every single time <laughs> yeah i mean that's not important like nothing it doesn't matter you know it's like all of the all of everyone's journey is basically done i guess yeah and it's yeah it's just too long to i mean mm-hmm. yeah I wrote in the middle that I should have done a kid body count because I, when I started when I started counting and went back to remembering, it was like, okay, Paul Rudd drowned two kids and threw two witnesses out of a van, mm-hmm. and then yeah, three so kids were three kids were stuck in the ropes course for a day, so they're probably. <laughs> I meant to tell you yesterday, but I didn't. Did you get on that? Yeah, so good. Um, I love that uh, he gets a trophy at the end for the science that he did. He like shows up. Oh, what's his name? Oh, God. David Hyde Pierce. He shows up at the end and is like, you're never going to believe this. They finally appreciated all the science I did. Yeah. And he's holding like a, a sports trophy, which is hilarious because <laughs> you don't get trophies in science. And then in, in that same scene, he's like holding it in his hand and he just hands it to someone and they walk away with it. Mm-hmm. And then him and Jeannie Garofalo kiss. I feel like that the end makes fun of the thing that bothers me so much in these movies, which is like how everyone is like best friends after a two hour movie where we don't see them interact hardly at all. Mm-hmm. What 
what about this? We'll do you Especially, like, it? their relationship. Like, how far it escalated in one day. Because <laughs> yeah. she's going to be, like, moving to Florida with him. They're having a work baby. To like, Canaveral or whatever. Oh, yeah, I forgot she's pregnant. Oy, yay. yay. I really like, um, I'm reading about what, like, the reviews. And so Kristen mm-hmm. Bell says it's her favorite movie, which is amazing. Um, and I really like how Jesse Thorne described it. Um, it says, when someone has an open enough heart to accept this silliness, and that's what's it about for, that's what it's about for me, an open heart. If someone's heart is open to what hot American summer, they love it. And that's when I know that me and them, we've got an unbreakable bond together forever like camp counselors um yeah that's a really nice way of describing it i think that's true of this is you do have to be really open to this kind of silliness but once you are you're you're not it's not yeah you're gonna have a bad time if you're not uh in 2011 paul rudd told entertainment weekly that he was literally not sure if he ever got paid for this movie he thinks that because the budget and the production staff were so incredibly small they may have just overlooked making out a check for his salary (laughs) It's nice, nice to be in a situation where you might not notice that. Um, oh, while a guest on Live with Regis and Kelly in 2010, Bradley Cooper was asked which of the many actresses with whom he has co-starred was his favorite on-screen, on-screen kisser. Instead of an actress, he chose Michael Ian Black, with Aww. whom he shared a love scene in this movie, which I think is wonderful and, like, incredibly brave, especially in 2010, for, like a like male romantic lead movie star to like say that he in any way enjoyed kissing another man on screen i think that's amazing yeah good for him oh i love that during their sex scene they're like that they wind up kicking a soccer ball around like i don't remember that they're like in a shed or something and there's like sporting equipment everywhere and a soccer ball like winds up underneath their feet and they like kick it away um which reminded me of i guess maybe friday the 13th which was the movie that i said uh had such a vigorous kind of lingus scene that it sounded like they were playing basketball one of the movies that we watched had that, and I appreciated the soccer ball. It made me laugh real hard. All right, is it time for tropes? Um, before we get to that, do you want to hear all of the other things this movie might have been called? Sure. Okay. So this is according to David Wayne and Michael Showalter. Rejected titles for this movie include American Love Bunk. American name tags and underwear. American wedgie. Ankle bites. The movie. Associate Professor <laughs> Associate Professor Newman goes to camp. Big American love wedgie. Blue balls. Boner camp. Boners and clips. Boys side, girls side. Bring a change of underwear. Buddy check. Bug juice 81. Bunk bed America. Bunk you. But camp, I like that one. Uh, cabin pressure, camp fire, camp home sucks, camp masturbate each other, uh, c- counselors and cancers, damp vagina camp, <laughs> do do, as in D E W D E W, 
fresh grass, general swim, go into third, hot American wedgie, hot kids in shorts, hot wedgie days, oh, internment camp, not very funny, uh, the main squeeze, M-A-I-N-E, of course, morning wood, postcards from the cot, sex flies and videotape of a kid masturbating oh because there's that kid who broke into the office yeah the kid who gets sent home himself masturbating uh uh slow dance boner i like that one too s'more don't stop suck my big hard camp uh taco oh god taco meat drips on nipples too teenage sex fiends tits and taco day Waterfront Blues, Welcome Back Cot, Wet Hot Beds, and uh, Marguerite Moreau claims that Paul Rudd was using Bring a Change of Underwear as the title for an autobiography. There's no way all of those are real, and they're all awful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they were just, like, ideas that they were, like, you know, bouncing around. Not seriously considered, but I just thought that was quite quite a list yes and they all make sense they're just all yeah terrible names for a movie yeah okay tropes here we go uh, 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 uh smoking yes anger yes used hilariously several times homophobia <laughs> you think there's gonna be and then there's not but i think that counts there is, they there is a brief moment of it three times they use that word. Yeah, but that's other true. Other than that, which, like, and when you put it in like the context of all the other mo- camp movies, like, yeah, it's like almost nothing. But I think that was it. them being true to like nineteen eighties lingo, right? And true to two thousand and one. That's I mean, true. Like, yeah, even for two thousand and one, there is remarkably little homophobia in this. The fact that they like then you know, show this, like, beautiful sex scene between the two of them and then have this beautiful wedding. I think beautiful sex scene is really taking it too far. Okay. I thought it was, you know, lovely. It's very silly. It's silly. (laughs) I'm lovely. I think the silly things are lovely. Anyway. Um, canoe tip. I don't think so. I don't think there's one. So technically there are no canoes in this movie. However, they do go rafting. They go on a rafting trip. Yeah. I marked canoe trip. Hiking, yes. Camp out. Do they camp out? They are supposed to have a camp out on that rafting trip. Oh, but kind of other stuff happens. They don't technically have a camp out. But I marked it because they do steal a motorcycle from someone else's camp out. Oh, yeah. See? Camps. Bonfire, yes. Who has a New York accent? I mean, I know some of them are from, but like, that's not really strong in this. No, but I think the presence of, like, the New York metro area t-shirts. <laughs> That's not an like, accent. Think, no, it's but not Remember, accent, remember but, like, Sleepaway I, Camp where everyone has a horrible New York accent? Yeah, I, I think of this not, like, so much specific to accent as, like, an accent of the voice, but, like... Um, it's like, not what the, this is, though. Okay, whatever. I'm getting rid of it. I'm too tired to care. Getting rid of it. Um, Parent visit? No, not really. But they're like coming to pick kids up at the end. That's not a parent visit, though. That's not like visiting day. No, I know. That's why I put a question mark. Play musical? Yes. 
guitar. So many guitars. Uh, um, inappropriate adult camper relationship. Yes, two Ooh, that I can think the of. Prequel. Uh, Chris Pine does guitar on top of roof. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Um, age appropriate. Fucking yes. Substance use. Yes. Surprise luggage. Well, we don't really see them arriving at camp. No, but there's that scene where Janine Garofalo is standing in the cafeteria just, like, making up Jewish kids' names and saying that, like, they all have the trunks that they need to get. Yeah. But we don't see the trunks. No, but she's talking about luggage. This is why I marked it. I'm unmarking it. Okay. I've I marked it to make sure that we at least touched (laughs) on the, the, you know, Um, food fight. There, question mark? I don't think I there's, there's not a food fight, but there's a lot of throwing food <laughs> angrily. But it's not a fight, really. Right. It's very one-sided yeah. and short-lived. Uh, mean girl energy. I don't know who's mean in this. Uh, Amy Poehler's pretty intense. And so is I... Abby, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the prequel, she has a great backstory. She's actually like one of the junior counselors. I think she's either a junior counselor or actually a camper. And at the beginning of it, she is a child, like an actual child actress that they cast. And then she gets her first period, and then she comes out <laughs> of the stall, and it's that actress. That's funny. And then she's like obsessed with sex and and like making out and having sex with people. Um, babies who think they're grown-ups, yeah, camp hair, obviously. Someone gets thrown in the water, no, but several kids do drown. (laughs) I don't know, I don't know if that counts. Yeah, let's leave it a question mark. Right, um, someone gets murdered again, several kids drown. (laughs) Could be argued that Paul Rudd is a murderer. Yeah, I, I think so. Where are the adults? Nah, we know where they are. Uh, where are the kids? Nah, the kids are here. This is the first one, oh, besides heavyweights, where where you keep, know where both the groups of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, fat phobia? Nah, not really. Yeah, I didn't notice any. Rich kids? Nah. Which isn't to say that there wasn't any, but I didn't notice any. Barn sex. Um, there are some rich kids in the prequel. Uh, there's a whole rival rich kid camp on the other side of the lake. Of course. And Marguerite Moreau is actually dating one of those douchebags. Oh, first. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, barn sex. It's the guy from The Good Wife. There's no. Yeah, do they have sex? So in they have sex in a shed. The okay. gay sex is in a shed. And the romantic scene, the first romantic scene between Michael Showalter and Katie is in they a barn. Kiss. But they just kiss. So I don't know. I guess that okay. one is a question mark. Um, original song with title, yes. Baseball montage, no, but almost. Archery, no. Yeah, it hit a lot of them. Although mm-hmm. not some of the more popular ones. Yeah, I'm surprised. And I also think this was another case where I was watching it and thinking, like, oh yeah, there's that. And thinking that it was on the list and then it not being on the list, but I couldn't tell you what those <laughs> things were. Um... I would love to see their version of the spreadsheet because they must have had one. Yeah. Whether it be like a big whiteboard or like whatever. Like they must have had some sort of uh, idea of all of the things that have been done in these movies and like either very consciously 
paying homage to them or taking them and kind of turning them on their head or, you know, doing something else with it. And what a wonderful result. All right. Anything else for what Hot American Summer? Um, I copied some more trivia notes down. Let's see if any of them are actually interesting. Oh, that uh, in uh, Entertainment Weekly interview in 2015, David Wayne said that the ordeal that uh, uh, Ken Marino has to go through when he is trying to get back from the uh, rafting trip to go make out with Abby was based on an actual experience he had while he was a camp counselor. He said, quote, I had just turned 16. I was assigned to drive a group of campers overnight to an overnight camping trip and leave the next morning with another counselor and head back to camp. But I had just met this girl at camp and I was so excited to see her that I decided, no, I'm going to leave late at night and race back to camp, even though I barely knew how to drive. So I cranked up the tunes, pedal to the metal, and I was driving through pitch black, winding, unpaved roads as fast as I could in hopes of making out with this girl and about two miles away from the campsite, but still in the middle of the state park, I smashed hard into a tree. I lodged the fender deep in the tire, rendering the van utterly undrivable, and was stuck in the middle of the woods. I had no idea how to get back, couldn't see my hand in front of me, but luckily I did end up wandering back to find the campsite with the kids and the counselors, and they were like, what the hell is wrong with you? That's incredible. Yeah, after that, they initiated a policy that junior counselors were not allowed to drive vehicles at camp. (laughs) I eventually did get to make out with the girl. So, that has a nice ending. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, uh, this is from... A lot of tidbits from Entertainment Weekly, for some reason. Um, from a July 1st, 2011 issue, Hank Azaria was actually a camp at Camp Tawanda, where they or they shot this, from age 6 to 15, Janine Garofalo called him after she saw his name on a bunk plaque, and she then gave him a shout-out during that scene where she's ad-libbing all of those names. She calls the name Jessica Azaria. That's funny. There's I was reading the special thanks and the credits, and there's a lot of... Like, there was a couple names that I was like, huh? <laughs> um, Mary Louise Parker is one of them. Oh, interesting. I should have um, screen capped it. I didn't. Let's see if I can find it. There was a couple more that I was like, huh. Uh, most of them are other people I've never heard of or ones that I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm, Stephen Colbert. Billy Crudup. Oh, she and Billy Crudup are or were together? Married? Maybe? Who? Mary Louise Parker. Oh, oh, they're both in there. Uh, we have Schreiber. They all the other the, ones make sense. Yeah, in the credits, they thank all of the uh, extras for standing around during what was a very cold, wet Pennsylvania spring because they shot it in Pennsylvania in the springtime and like we said it was cold and wet which is nice it's nice when people like acknowledge that the circumstances that they put you in weren't great which is almost always when you're making something like this (laughs) true 
Um, the owners of Camp Tawanda, where they shot this, were told that this was going to be a family comedy, and they were mortified when they saw the final oh, cut. Oh, that's film. mean. Yeah, I love. <laughs> I love. I forget when it happens. I guess it's towards the end of the movie. The nurse. Or maybe when they go into town, the nurse, like, stops Janine Garofalo, and she's like, my husband is coming, and I need you to get me some lube. And then she, like, leans in and just says, whispers very loudly, for my pussy. It's a very loud whisper. It's very funny. Yeah. And it just, I love that they left that line in. <laughs> I'm just, like, kind of surprised that they did, because that's, you know, the kind of thing that would very easily get cut out. But I think that's all I got. Oh, also... In the prequel, we see. I now I'm like unclear about the um, chronology of Molly Shannon's uh, romantic history because in the prequel she was actually about to marry Christopher Maloney's character before he had this like cr- like before he like went nuts he was like living his life as somebody else and like pretending to be fine um and then they don't get married for some reason that i don't remember and um oh what's his name i love him so much hang on it will come to me judah um, freelander no he's, he's the her, one who shows yeah. up in this yeah, she's he's the one that she's talking to the children about. But in the prequel... Well, there's someone else. There is someone else, and it is... Um, Randall Park. He was... He's on oh, Fresh yeah, Off the yeah, Boat. Yeah. He he's in, in that, everything um, now. Yeah, I love him. He's so funny. And uh, he, like, works at the library, and she goes to the library to look something up, and they, like, fall in love and get married, like, immediately. Um, over the course of a single day. So there's a lot of, like, uh, interesting people who show up in the newer stuff because they were, you know, I guess fans of the original movie. Probably pretty excited to be a part of that. But that's all I got. Cool. Do you have anything else? Nah, I don't think so. It's like everything else that we've done lately where I'm like, oh... I wish I could have watched this with someone who has, like, no context for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Well, Kara, if people want to find you, where can they go? I guess you can find me on Instagram at bimps, B-I-M-P-S-E. Otherwise, whatever. <laughs> I'm also on Instagram at JordoPC. You can find our show on Instagram at WistfulPod. Uh, and dang, what are we even going to do after this? Our summer camp is I don't over. Know. I know. I have been so short-sighted. I've not right. been we thinking got, about we got time. the future. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see y'all back in September with who knows what. Who knows? Bye. Bye.